Men, welcome back to the Awake Podcast, an ongoing conversation where we seek to discover how we can live our lives awake, aware, and available to God in every sphere, in every relationship, in every area of influence. I'm joined, as always, by Joe as we continue our discussion with you. We're going to be looking at the topic of intentionality. And obviously, when we think about the whole Awake study, intentionality is kind of the overarching or undergirding idea behind everything that we're talking about, behind everything we do, but we're going to get a little bit more focused when we're talking about intentionality today and looking at some key practices and some components of how we can actually live intentionally with our whole life in view. So Joe, let's kick things off. What do you got for us? Hey everyone, it's great to be back with you. Uh, I got a passage and it's Ephesians chapter five and it's where we really got the whole theme for Awake. And um, Paul is talking in Ephesians 5, and he's, he's basically saying that when the light appears into your life, it exposes darkness for it is for it. So you no longer should live in the dark. You should live in the light. And he says, uh, but when anything is exposed by the light in verse 12 of um, chapter 5, excuse me, verse 13 of, of chapter 5, he says, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then it says this in verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. And that's really that whole picture of what is what does it mean to be intentional? And I've got a definition. What does it mean to be intentional? It means the wise stewardship of time with the present opportunities before me that bear eternal results in relationships. And so this is, this is just the picture of understanding that word for time there is chronos, and uh, it's not the measurement of time per se like just a watch, but it's a measure, measurement of time in the realm of opportunity. Hmm. So making the best use of every opportunity would be the best translation of that, which is before you. And so it got me thinking. It got me thinking a little bit about the components of an intentional life, and I have three of them. First one is my priorities, because I focus with my priorities are what's the most important values in front of me. What do I want to live my life with? As I talk to men, a lot of men don't begin their lives or have even a grid of what's most important to me. I know that it kind of, if, you're, if you don't have any influences, it, the tendency can be uh, God, family, country. I mean, that's a very <laughs> common thing for our, mm-hmm. our, uh, our society. But really, what are, what are those most important values that are in front of you? And then what are the opportunities... What I mean by that is the most important people and practices right in front of you. Not everyone can do everything, but everyone can do some things Mm -hmm. with the people who are in front of them. And if you have young kids or adult children, if you have no kids, there still needs to be a pattern of what are what's the what's the most important people in my life right now and what are the best practices that I can do with them on an ongoing basis. And then the other thing is story. And story is just those as you look back on your life and you think about what were the most meaningful, valuable experiences in my history. Um, and if you think about that, um, I'm going off the cuff here with yeah, you. Let's go. What what would be one of the most meaningful experiences you've had with someone? A word they said or an action they did with you, Liam. Hmm. 
And I think some of the things that come to mind is just, you know, moments I've had with Allie, you know, even, even on our wedding day and Mm -hmm. like that being one of the most memorable experiences of just getting to see her walk down the aisle yeah, and realizing that we have, that we're coming together to make this commitment before God, but her and I both speaking those vows to one another and then just continuing to live that out. One of the most important phrases that's kind of been um, continuing through our marriage is like, mm-hmm. I would choose you all over again. Yeah. It's like that, that is a, a continual thing of remembering the stories that we're living, the history sure. that we've experienced that if we could do it all over again, we would still choose one another today yeah. in that moment. That's really cool. And you're married like two years. Yep. Okay. Yep. Coming uh, up on two years or no, just a little past. Yeah. Two and a few months. Years. Okay. So that's relatively recent. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, you spent all the money and all the, the, you know, planning on flowers and music and the rehearsal and the re- and then the reception and all that kind of stuff. But those are the things that rise to the top. These were the most important things that happened. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are priceless. Yes. So I have I have a uh, experience that happened with me in May when my dad and mom visited us here in in uh, Kansas. We he, we didn't know about my dad's cancer diagnosis at that time, but we were just driving and it was it happened right on Fairlawn and 10th Street mm-hmm. and we were going through that intersection and my dad said, "Oh, Joe, you have no idea how proud I am of you." and your kids, and our whole family, all our family, are, 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 most of them are following the Lord and are thriving in life. I could die today, and I would be so proud and happy and, and finish empty because mm. I poured my life out into my family, and, and God has done this great thing in them. Wow. And so that's been one of the most important, that especially when he went home, it was discovered he had cancer, and two months later, he's dead, mm-hmm. and we're we're putting, you know, we're having the funeral service for him. Right. I, rem- I still remember those words. And he could have not said them. He could have just driven and said, it's a beautiful day here in Topeka. But he he said them, and there was some intentional angle with me in the car at the moment that he had that now, as you just look at how God used that time, mm-hmm. it was such a meaningful moment. And I just think about those words are are in our minds. They're mm-hmm. in our hearts. God has given them to us, and we just need to be intentional with them. And if we're not intentional, we're more distracted. Mm-hmm. We're more um, frustrated with life not turning out, and or we're pouring into life so much, looking for a future result, rather than mm-hmm. just exp- you know responding to the work and the people in front of us right now. So that's, that's been really key. Yeah. And I mean, you and I can lead that. That might be a really good thing for you guys in your, in your groups when you gather to think about what, what was that moment where you go, oh my goodness, that was one of the most meaningful moments what someone said to me or someone did with me mm-hmm. that has, has uh, just been something I keep going back to. Yeah, it's been formative that's for right. you. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I, I put this together about 12 years ago. I wrote down uh, on a sheet of paper, I said, these are the areas that I want to be intentional with in my daily life so that if everything else doesn't, you know, doesn't, isn't accomplished, these are the most important things for me. Mm. And so I have five things that I, I try to look at over the course of a month in my life. I want to worship daily. I want to share life with my family. I want to lead the church courageously. I want to disciple a few guys, and I want to steward life generously. 
if I can just go over those real quickly, they're in your notes, but let me go through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to worship daily, I want time with the Lord where I'm not just reading His Word and leaning into Him, but I'm worshiping Him. I'm sharing my life with Him. And I'm confessing sin to Him. I'm seeking areas, uh, seeking His Spirit to move in my life to point out areas I'm not like Christ, and to encourage me with areas I am becoming more like Christ. And I want to trust Him. I want even Him to be the first person I trust. Where prayer is my first response, not my last resort. Mm -hmm. And then um, I want to share life with my family. I want my family to know me, and I don't want there to be a different person leading Fellowship Bible Church than I am in my home. I want to be the same. And I've said this to our staff here and to other people. I've said, lead the church like I lead my family. I, I want us to be family. And so I want to share my life with them, which means that I'm also allowing them to share their lives with me. Mm-hmm. And then lead the church courageously. That Another word for courageous could be faithfully, but uh, I wanted just that little edge where I'm, I'm transcending. I'm a little bit afraid that I have to live by faith rather than sight, and I'm trusting in the work of God, and I'm expecting God to work in our, in our church in transforming lives, leaving godly legacies. I want to also disciple a few guys because that's why I'm in the ministry, and I want to pay that one back. I want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see, and again, I wanted, I got into the ministry because I wanted to be a part of a major spiritual awakening in the lives of people, and that doesn't happen just in one church. It doesn't happen by just one activity of preaching the gospel on, on the right. weekend. It happens through my life being invested in others as others have invested in me. And then that whole picture of stewarding life generously— I want to be someone who um, who gives more and more and more of my time and energy and finances to the Lord. I, I want to be. I want to have generosity be the largest component in my budget. And so Cheryl and I have just committed to. That's what we want. That's what we want to do: is pour more and more money into the kingdom of God and supporting our church here, supporting other missionaries around the world, mm-hmm. and supporting other work in our community and, and outside of our community. So those five areas, if I just put, I, I've written them down. I see them every day because they just remind me these are the most th- most important things that I'm going to be intentional with my time throughout throughout this week, throughout this month. So what was kind of your process 12 years ago for identifying these areas for you personally? Because it might not be that every guy has these same five intentional areas. So how did you kind of work through that? I worked through it as um, looking at my first callings, okay? And as, you know, guys in ministry have fallen morally, Mm. and you see that picture, but it's not just in ministry, it's in politics, it's in companies and corporations, it's in education or academia, all those, every organization, people have fallen. And I just realized, what are the most important callings that I have? And I'm a child of God, I'm a husband to my wife, I'm a father to my children, a pastor in a church. Those four areas, those so many times it's easy in ministry to believe that my first calling is pastor of fellowship Bible mm-hmm. church. And it's really not. If I lost this job, I mean, God forbid, but if I lost <laughs> this job, um, I can still be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. I can still be intentional with the callings. And I'm called to the, f- the first to be a child of God, 
uh, husband. There's only only one Father, Heavenly Father for me, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for me. There's only one wife that God has given me, and there's only three children that God has blessed me with. And so they don't have another dad. My mm-hmm. wife doesn't have a, another husband. I'm the only one that God has given them right now, and so I want to operate with them as a priority in my life. And so just thinking through... Who do you have in your life who's in front of you? Not someone you don't have. If you're a single guy, you don't go, I want to be a great husband, right? Mm Because you're not a husband right now. That's not one of your callings. But maybe you could say, I want to be a loyal, faithful friend, and I want to go deeper with a group of guys right now and have greater joy in life and purpose in serving Christ now than I ever could right now if I were married. Mm -hmm. So use that, because what God's going to do is he's going to as you pour your life out in uh, understanding your purpose and serving in ministry, God's going to, if you want to be married, God's going to bring another person along your side at some point who most likely will be excited about ministry. It's not like you're going to find her in a bar, okay? <laughs> she, when you're pursuing Christ, you're, you're looking for someone who is also pursuing Christ. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of found as I've begun to work through this myself and I don't have, you know, all my areas explicitly spelled out, but sure. one of the exercises that's been helpful for me as I've been processing through it is going back to those three words yes. that we talked about through the awake process and that you when you and I were working through that, that's you helped right. me to kind of craft even some like identity statements beyond mm-hmm. that and those mm-hmm. for me were you know, that I'm, I'm a man who loves faithfully, co- yep. connects deeply and builds up intentionally. Yes. And so those three areas are things that like in, help me to inform some of my areas of intentionality, whether it's, yep. you know, dating my wife or being faithful to pursue the Lord every day or having set time where I am connecting deeply with people that are close in my that's circle. Right. So that's that has been helpful for me. So guys, if you remember your three words or can go back to your notes from our three words, yes. maybe use that as a jumping off point to kind of identify some areas that are just naturally very important to you as you consider your callings as well. That's right. And the great thing about those three words is they aren't three words you're not. Yeah. They're three words that when you shared them with me, I go, that's Liam Weingartner. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I could, I could pick that out. You're not, there's no surprises, but it's just being intentional with who you already are with the people right in front of you. Yep, exactly. So on practicing, this is the, that last part I want to talk about is in practicing intentionality. Um, I have a daily, weekly, and monthly perspective on this. First one is keep these intentional areas in front of you so that they don't fall behind you. Anything I don't keep in front of me is forgotten. That is a mm-hmm. standard, a principle in life. If um, That's why... Think about when you filed things, how many times do you go back and look for it? There's rarely... I have stuff from seminary over 30 years ago in seminary that that if I were to go and look and open up, I've never opened them up since seminary. So they're behind me. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'd never use them. I just need to know that they're there and maybe I could resource them. So it's important, and the most important things, you keep them in front of you. Write them on a three-by-five card, 
put them uh, next to your computer screen, put them uh, on your dashboard of your car, put them on the mirror when you shave in the morning so that it's right in front of you. What's not in front of you will be behind you. And yeah, and you kind of see that principle even throughout Jewish practice in the Old Testament of yes. God encouraging the people to keep the word like before their eyes on the doorpost of their house. That they're right. setting up memorial stones to remember the things that God has done. It's like this principle of having these reminders always in front of you is something That's that right. God is like, you're going to forget if you don't. So That's you need right. some ways to remember. That's right. Second a- action is a weekly action, and that is plan each week with an action item for each of them. So on worship daily, I'm going to, where's the time? Where's the place? And uh, what, you know, what are you going to do during that time? Charting out a practice, a daily practice for worshiping God daily. Second, sharing life with my family. What's one thing you're going to do intentionally for or with your wife that will communicate worth, value, significance, uh, importance to her from you? Uh, What's one thing you'll do with your kids that, again, plan it, think about. For you to think about it before the week begins and plan it uh, is going to mean so much more to them Mm -hmm. than you getting to the end of the week and said, I should have done this, Mm -hmm. or your wife being frustrated because you aren't being intentional, you're being more passive and being frustrated with you. So that's an important thing, plan that. In you know, I have lead the church courageously. You could have lead the company courageously, mm-hmm. lead my classroom courageously, lead in or or uh, follow someone. Be an be a courageous employee where I'm I'm trying to make a contribution here and trying to do that well. What would that look like? And then for you to disciple a few guys, if you're not at the point where you're discipling guys, maybe looking for that place where you can be discipled in a mentoring or discipleship relationship with one or many guys. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you guys are willing to meet and gather and talk about these things is a picture of this is, I'm in a discipling environment where it's most likely for me to be a follower of Christ with a group of guys. Absolutely. And then finally, uh, steward life generously. I have to have it planned um, or I'll spend it um, or I'll save it for me in the future. And so it has to be first on my life because it can't be last. It'll be last. Mm -hmm. It'll it'll be a last priority. Um, And so when you plan each week with an action item for each of them, and then finally, this is a monthly thing, take some time. So take about... 15, 30 minutes for you to get a sheet of paper on a monthly basis, either on the last day of the month or the first day of the month, and for you to look back and go, um, this is what God is teaching me from worshiping daily. The great thing about that is there's going to be some days out of those 30 or 28 days, whatever the month is, where you're not going to get much out of uh, reading because you'll be either distracted. I just know how we work emotionally. Or you get done with this awesome Word of God, but you don't gather, garner anything. If it's just one day, you're going to go up and down. But over the course of a month, as, as you listen to God on a daily basis, there are going to be things that you can celebrate. And again, same thing with your wife and your family, if you're married, or your friendships. Uh, same thing in your company or wherever you work. The same thing in discipling. What What is God teaching you from this? This group meets on a monthly basis, so you at least would have that from a monthly perspective. And then generosity. You can just look at those environments where God invited you in, a person in front of you, a program or a ministry in front of you, a church in front of you, that as you give to it, you're seeing. You can tell stories of what God is doing with that ministry or with that person. And it, it just... It builds up the appetite for more intentionality as you take time to do that. 
Yeah, and it it requires some discipline. It does, you know, to be consistent with this, and you may not see immediate fruit. Like you may plan that week of intentionality where, you know, you're going to take your wife out on a date, and you yeah. expect it to be this great time that's going to pay off dividends. But you know, faithfulness over time, and you're going to begin to see some of that fruit play out. It might not happen right away. That's right. I mean, obviously, your wife is going to thank you for taking you out on her out on a date that's that right. night. But mm-hmm. you're going to see that as you develop a pattern of intentionality in your life that that fruit is going to really start to reveal itself down the line as you instill these habits That's right. daily, weekly, monthly, like you're talking about. Yeah. And the illustration, when's the best time to plant an oak tree? What, you know, 20 years ago? That's, that's, <laughs> okay. that, that's that picture. If you can't plant it, if you didn't plant it or right. plant it, then uh, the, the next best time, I know it's not... Um, 19 years ago, but mm-hmm. when you, you haven't done anything up to now, the best time is now. Yep. And everything I have with my boys in relationship is because I was intentional when they were like, when they were young. You don't get to the point where you can just ignore and be passive with the time and the opportunities of young boys and as they move into adolescence. If you move into adolescence, well, that's where you're going to form the relationship. You'll have no trust and you won't have any experiences to share with that that would build that respect and that relationship that you're going to need to bring you into adulthood. So now's the best day to start. Yeah. And like you said, if you did not do those things in the past, it's not too late to start establishing those foundation and planting those seeds now and still being able to see that beautiful tree that's going to be grown out of that. So, uh, Joe, any final thoughts before we kind of wrap up our discussion for the day? No, I just, um, guys, this this is where it all comes down to. This is the intentional versus the passive life. The passive life will have tons of regrets. The passive life you know, you, you'll miss those opportunities. And I just want something better for you. And and I can see the benefit of this in my own life and in all other guys. And, and the ability to do this with other guys is going to keep the accountability factor really good. And you're going to get more practices. As you share what you do, other guys are going to share what they do and how they're being intentional. And you're going to want to be more like them. Mm-hmm. So it's better to do this together than alone. Yeah, and guys, with that in mind, you know, take some time before you get together with your with your group this month um, to consider these questions, to take some time to identify the important values in your life, the important people and practices, and the most meaningful stories so that as you work through that ahead of time, it's going to lead to better discussion, better conversation with your group as you work through these intentional areas together. That's right. And so I want to just share one other thing before we wrap up our discussion for the day. And that's just to let you know, as as we come to the close of of this year of 2022, and we're looking ahead to 2023, we want to let you know that we're going to be coming back to Awake in January. But when we do that, Joe is working on developing new content, same overarching idea, how we can live our lives awake and and available to God, but new content. And so this is an opportunity for you to either reconnect with the group that you've been a part of, to kick it off with a new group, maybe as a table leader, to invite new guys into this process who would really benefit from a group of guys who can come alongside them to intentionally grow in these areas. So I just wanted to put that thought out there. Just be prepared for this upcoming year as we look forward to how we can continue to grow together as men of God. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of the Awake Podcast. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys.